You're listening to Pastor Stephen G. Lightfoot's podcast, Sermons and Homilies by the Reverend Stephen G. Lightfoot. Pastor Stephen is an ordained elder in the Global Methodist Church and serves as senior pastor to First Methodist Church Splendora and Shepherd Methodist Church in Southeast Texas. Here is today's episode. Well, if you were here on Thursday evening, you know that we had our first annual church conference as a global Methodist church. You know, it was an exciting time. Uh, it's I've never been in on the ground floor of the, the birth of a denomination before. I don't know many people that have other than global Methodists. I suppose the Presbyterian Church has done this before. I suppose the uh, Anglican Church has done this when the Episcopal Church in the U.S. split. Uh, how many different Baptist connections and convocations are there? As we talked about last Sunday, there is division within the church, the universal church. But there is also in those times a rebirth and a refocusing of the church on the things that have eternal consequences. Things like the authority of God's word in Scripture. Things like the lordship and divinity of Jesus Christ. Things like the, the traditional teaching of the apostles that has endured in the church as, as truth from the word of Scripture for 2,000 plus years and refuses to be rewritten by those who would use it to advance their own narratives. And so we have been busy about our father's business here in this little church in Splendora. It has been a work of faith. It has been a labor of love. And it has demonstrated to ourselves and to the community that we will persevere in the hope of Jesus Christ, doesn't matter what the world throws at us. And so this morning, I have it on good authority. This morning, God the Father wants to celebrate you. This very morning, as we worship God here in this holy place, set apart from the world for the specific purpose of worshiping him, God wants to pour out on you his perfect love and to celebrate you for your work in the kingdom, your work of faith, your labor of love in this community as the body of Christ in motion in the world. He wants to celebrate you for your steadfast perseverance of hope in Jesus Christ who is the one he raised from the dead and who is the one who will rescue us from the coming wrath 
of a perfectly holy, perfectly just God. And so if we look at our epistle this morning from 1 Thessalonians, it's the first letter of Paul to the church in Thessalonica. And in it, he is giving thanks for the believers. Listen to what he writes. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy. To the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We always give thanks to God for all of you, making mention of you in our prayers constantly, keeping in mind your work of faith and labor of love and perseverance of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the presence of our God and Father. Knowing, brothers and sisters, beloved by God, his choice of you. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. Just as you know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sakes, you also became imitators of us and of the Lord, having received the word during great affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place the news of your faith toward God has gone out, so that we have no need to say anything. For they themselves report about us as to the kind of reception we had with you, and how you turn to God from idols to serve a living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, who he raised from the dead. That is Jesus who rescues us from the wrath to come. Now, I will probably say this until the day I hang up my collar and my stole. When Paul writes a letter to the church, any church, He's writing a letter to this church and every local church. So when he writes this letter to the church at Thessalonica, you can put in to the text First Methodist Church Splendora. I, Paul, together here with Silas and Timothy, send greetings to the church at Splendora. Christians assembled by God the Father and by the Master Jesus Christ. God's amazing grace be with you. God's robust peace. It's an interesting term, isn't it? Robust peace. You think of peace as being something passive, right? You think of it as being something inactive. Peace is just there in the absence of conflict. Well, no, that's not at all the peace that Jesus Christ brings. It's an active peace. It's a peace that spreads the fire of the Holy Spirit. It's a peace that moves in communities, communities of faith and the communities that they serve. What Paul says about the church in Thessalonica, he says to us, and he says, you know, when I think of you, I think 
that you have convictions of steel. Think about that. Convictions not set in sand to be blown about by the winds of change, by the narrative of the culture. No. Steadfast convictions carved into metal, standing the test of time, enduring anything that the world throws at it. He says, every time we think of you, First Methodist Church, Splendora, we thank God for you. Day and night, you're in our prayers as we call to mind your work of faith, your labor of love, your patience of hope in following our master, Jesus Christ, before God, our father. Paul says it's clear to us, friends there in Splendora, that God not only loves you very much, but also has his hand on you for something special. Did you know that you were put here on this very morning in this sanctuary set apart from the world because God has a purpose for you that's unique to this community? Paul says, when the message we preached came to you, it wasn't just words. Something happened in you. The Holy Spirit put steel in your conviction. You know, I remember that first meeting over in Christ Church in the Woodlands when Jeff Olive, who was on the conference staff for the Texas Annual Conference at the time, decided with the help of several other staff members including the bishop of the Texas Annual Conference, that we needed to be able to make our own decision as a local church as to what path we wanted to take forward in our mission and ministry. And so they called a meeting to discuss what it would look like, what the process would be, to move away from the progressive theology of the United Methodist denomination and go out either independently or as a part of a new denomination that had just been formed maybe a month or two prior to that meeting so that we might align ourselves with a theologically conservative denomination. Now, I, I know we tend to throw out the terms progressive and conservative in political terms, but I'm speaking purely in theological, spiritual terms. Either you believe the Bible and what it says or you don't. Theological conservatives take the word for what it says. And so that's where we decided we wanted to be. As Paul writes to the church in Thessalonica, you paid careful attention to the way that we lived among you. According to the scripture, we were determined to live that way as an example to you in imitating us as it's written down in the word of God. You imitated the master Jesus. 
Although great trouble accompanied the word, wasn't easy, you were able to take great joy from the Holy Spirit, taking the trouble with the joy, the joy with the trouble. And isn't that what we do as Christians? We have this wonderful ability that God has given us through the power of the Holy Spirit to express joy even in times of trouble and to deal with the trouble as it comes along with the joy. Paul says, do you know that all over the area of Splendora and Montgomery County, believers look up to you? I bet you didn't realize that. You think people line up on the side of the road on food pantry mornings just because they see cars lined up? No, they're there because they've heard. They've heard, they've heard from the grapevine in the community that if you live in this community, you can get help for your monthly food bill on the third Saturday of every month there in Splendor. The word's gotten around. Your lives are echoing the master's word, not only in Splendora, but all over the place. The news of your faith in God has gotten out. We don't even have to say anything anymore, Paul says, because you are the living message. People come up and tell us how you received us with open arms, how you deserted the dead idols of your old life so you could embrace and serve God, the true God. They marvel at how expectantly you await the arrival of God's son, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescued us from certain doom. You see, every time we put on the hands and feet and face of Jesus, every time we're the voice of the gospel message in our community, it may look like a food voucher, but it's really the love of Christ. Let me say that again. It may look like a food voucher, but it's really the love of Jesus Christ. This letter that Paul wrote is, is timely. It's applicable for us here at First Methodist Church, Splendora. Just as much as it was to the church in Thessalonica. You can ask test questions if you like. Do we have faith in Christ here? Yes. Paul says, then I thank God for you. Do we do works of faith here? Paul says, I thank God for you. Do we labor in love here? Paul says, I thank God for you. Do we wait with patience of hope in following Jesus, our master? Yes. Then Paul says, I thank God for you. See, Paul thanks God for you because you are a church with convictions of steel. Paul thanks God for you because you are steadfast in your faith and uncompromising in your belief that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Paul thanks God for you because word of your food pantry has gotten out. 
Word of, of your prayer ministry has gotten out. Paul thanks God for you because word of your Christmas angels giving has gotten out. Paul thanks God for you because word of your Bible study has gotten out. Paul thanks God for you because your live stream and podcast is bringing people to Christ, not just here in Splendora, but literally all over the globe. Paul thanks God for you because you receive people who come in here with open arms. It happened just last week, did it not? You are being transformed in Christ by discipleship. And I'm here to tell you that the cat's out of the bag. The beans have been spilled. The word has gotten out. And people are thanking God for you all over this community today. And so Paul says, let people marvel at how you are expectantly waiting, actively waiting, joyfully waiting and spreading the gospel of the coming of the Lord. So we don't just wait sitting in our pew, twiddling our thumbs. We wait by doing in our community. The coming of the Lord Jesus to rescue us. Let people marvel because this church is looking forward to that day. We're not afraid of the wrath to come. As the vernacular says, we ain't scared. We look forward to it with rejoicing. We're believers in Christ. We embrace the coming Christ because while his coming surely brings judgment and the wrath of a perfectly just and holy God to those who choose not to have fellowship with him through Jesus Christ, it also brings peace and joy to those of us who believe. There's no sense in worrying about tomorrow. Just do what God has purposed for you until that day comes. And then won't we all be pleasantly surprised? We won't even bother putting the cones up after food pantry. We'll just leave them right there for whoever comes next. Paul thanks God for you this morning that you are rescued through Christ from the coming wrath. And I thank God for you today for all that you do in the name of Jesus for your church and for the community we serve. Because you are not just a church in Splendora. You are the church in Splendora. Christians assembled by God the Father and by the Master Jesus Christ to do the work of the kingdom. You have overcome the world by the power of the Holy Spirit and all the glory and the honor for your works of faith and your perseverance and hope. All the glory and honor go to God in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I believe we have a third hymn. At the cross on page 255.
And we're going to do verses 1, 2, and 5. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Come back again next week for a new message. And until then, may God bless you and keep you.